the little things that kill Chad Prevost. I was driving into work today in my Spotify playlist, my Spotify daily match. It brought up a little bush and it took me back to when I was 16 years old in the mid 90s in a Hyundai Excel with a portable disc man with three second anti skip and one of those little cassette decks you put in your um. You know, like a set tape thing that went into the aux jack of the the disc man. The, the, so you were slain, slain in the '90s spirit. I killed you. Well, it smells like teen spirit a little bit. Uh, did you achieve Nirvana? I didn't, but I can't help that you are wearing that hideous sweater again. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. washed it? Did you wash it? No, Titans. Of course, I didn't wash it. Oh, does that take the luck away? Yes, that takes the luck away. All right. Well, so, I mean, we have to do a repeat. We have to beat the. Uh, the Ravens. We have to overachieve again. <laughs> Go to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, do you have a bold prediction? You think they're going to take it? Well, I mean, what I'm trying to say, would it be kind to say anything else? I'm a fan. We're going to win, I believe. Well, if they do win, we are going to, where are we going to? Nashville, right? That's one of the things we're going to talk about today is uh, to Brandon Fried. Yeah. From, uh, or but, Freed. But as a uh, as as a wild card participant, it's sort of like the 1980 Raiders. You have to, if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you got to play every team on the road. So they won't be in Nashville. They'll be. Well, in, yeah, they will. It's a two well, weeks they'll off. Be they'll Kansas be back City. home. They'll will be there. Well, they're there. You'll get to you'll get to smell their uh, their equipment pads and be as creepy as you want to be. Okay. All right. Let's pay our sponsors. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by DHL Supply Chain, the world's leading logistics company. DHL Supply Chain's team of experts simplify the complex and work with you to find solutions to your biggest transportation challenges. Learn how DHL can help your business at logistics.dhl.com. Hit the headlines. Here's one. Second court puts big hit on imposing AB5 against California trucking sector. Applying restrictions of AB5 in California to the, tr- the trucking industry runs afoul of federal law, according to the court case that was just handed down on a day that saw New York Governor Andrew Cuomo call for AB5-like legislation in New York and New Jersey punt the issue on legislation that state. On Wednesday, a California state court, rather than a federal justice, said California's attempt to have AB5 apply to trucking violates federal law. So that's That might be some good protection. That's right. Last week, federal district court judge Roger Benitez handed down a temporary injunction blocking enforcement of AB5 in the trucking industry, saying it was likely that AB5 conflicted with federal regulations found in the Federal Aviation Administration Authorization Act from the early 90s. That ruling came in a lawsuit filed by the California Trucking Association. Its next day in court is Monday. By the way, we got you guys up live, too. So we're monitoring live feeds. If you have any questions or comments, throw them our way. All right, on Wednesday, in a ruling handed down uh, two years to the day when the original lawsuit was filed, Judge William Heiberger of the Superior Court in Los Angeles said much the same thing. The FAAAA preempts California imposing AB5 on the trucking sector. If you head over to FreightWaves.com, John Kingston breaks down the story in depth. He talks about like the two-pronged method and and why this uh, why this is some sort of protection. And Daryl Gibson on Facebook Live says, pray for the little man. Okay. Okay. And the little things. Yes. Uh, in our other next headline, Red Arts Capital announced that it has partnered with Prudential Capital Partners and Brightwood Capital Advisors to acquire MME Inc. and its mm. wholly owned subsidiaries, Midwest Motor Express Incorporated and Midnight Express Incorporated. Financial terms of the transaction were not disclosed, but founded in 1918, Bismarck 
North North Dakota-based Midwest Motor Express is a top 25 LTL carrier operating 32 service centers throughout 16 states in the upper Midwest and Northwest. You ever watch any uh, professional wrestling when you were a kid? As very little. Okay, well, like the Midnight Express was a, was a tag team. Oh. Yeah. Midwest Motor Express has 800 employees. Based in West Fargo, North Dakota, Midnight Express Inc. offers dry van truckload and brokered services throughout the continental United States. Well... Uh, yeah, combined MMEs subsidiaries generate more than $120 million in annual revenues. The two carriers have 431 power units, according to the FMCSA's Safer website. Now, I got, so this next headline here, this is about Lime. They're cutting back in this new strategy to try and turn profitable. Who would have thought that just dumping millions of scooters in downtown Dallas wouldn't turn a profit for like a buck a ride? Or dumping thousands of them into the ocean or your local river. Well, I thought that was like people who were throwing them into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. This, this, are, this, is, uh, this has JD, though. JD's out in Texas. JD from TT T, uh, T and Fleet Solutions. He already texted me about this three times when he saw this story on our website. He is devastated. He loves riding an e-scooter. And funny story, remember when he got that cowboy hat? He, uh, yeah. He yeah, actually, that was awesome. He left it back someplace. He jumped out of the Uber when we were on our way out to dinner, and he uh, and he jumped on a Lime scooter and scootered back to the convention <laughs> center. He was back in like ten minutes and had to cover ten square it's miles. So really efficient, actually, if you if you know how to get around there. Uh, well, wait, and Tra- Trey Wynn says, "Go Titans!" All right, and tells us a good place to go that night. The world's largest on-demand e-scooter company, Lime, announced it is shutting down its services across twelve markets and laying off fourteen percent of its workforce. In an attempt to finally make some dough, the company is closing service across cities where micromobility has evolved more slowly than anticipated, including Atlanta, Ooh. Phoenix, San oh. Diego, and San ah. Antonio. I don't see Dallas there. Oh. Um, Austria, some municipalities in Latin America, just not as popular. Yeah, sorry, some of uh, some of you big city folks uh, there. Lime, you know, along with Rival Bird, they have been some of the fastest growing startups ever reaching unicorn status. Yes, in record time. You may not know that. They were buoyed by consumer clamor toward adopting sustainable mobility options and VC firms' fascination in funding nearly anything that has to do with alternative mobility. Mm. The strategy of becoming too big to fail before going IPO looked like a road paved with roses and sunbeams until Uber recently went public and then witnessed a bloodbath in its perceived valuation with skepticism forcing the company to downscale, as we covered, its IPO valuation from roughly $120 billion to its eventual launching to $82 billion. Remember early on, I was, I was, I, I got that that stock at the beginning, and then I was like, should I sell it? Should I sell it? I sold it a long time ago, and thank God I did because it, it tanked Ooh. miserably. Yeah, miserably. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Lime's recent pullout from a dozen markets is not an isolated story, though. Rivals like Bird, Scoot, and Skip have all laid off significant portions of their employees because, hey, Investors want money, right? They want returns. Yeah, so they weren't too big to fail after all. But hopefully they stay around. I mean, I don't know. I want some access to sustainability stuff. Sustainability mm. provider, speaking of which, EcoVetus announces a partnership and expansion plan. So check this out. Rating sustainability provider EcoVetus. Now, you may not have heard of them, but they do a pretty interesting thing. They announced yesterday a $200 million investment from CVC Growth Partners. According to its press release, EcoVetus plans to leverage the funding to expand internationally, break into new countries, and further. And they're, they're already in, I think we'd say in a minute, 155, further invest its technology platform, their sustainability intelligence solutions, and network of rated companies. They uh, Ecovatus, they rate companies' supply chains on sustainability, 
corporate social responsibility and other environmental, social, and governance issues. And they assess more than 60,000 companies. Yeah, pretty cool. Ecovatus is part intelligence network, part uh, SaaS cloud provider, doing some really interesting things. Nice to see a big investment in there. You know what's also nice to see? Yep. A nice talk with Cassandra Gaines, who we're going to bring up on the line. Mad Gaines. Right now. Let's dial out to her. Hello. Hey, Cassandra. Hold on a second. I gotta, I gotta play your intro music like you're a professional wrestler. <laughs> F you. I hate everybody. I'm the man. I will never give you my. Order in the court. Whoa. <laughs> Cassandra. Who's that? Cassandra. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> My favorite attorney. And we're so happy to have you on the line. You always, uh, you're a ray of sunshine in the sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. You're already making me have to censor myself. I was going to say bringing some punk rock to the courts. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and you know, no one's ever told me as a lawyer that I'm a ray of sunshine. That's, I'm going to write that down so I remember that when I'm getting cursed out by a client. Well, I imagine like most transport. I was a ray of sunshine. <laughs> well, I imagine most transportation law conventions and stuff probably are not like the most exciting places to be because you guys deal with one of the no. topics we have to deal with is um let's get like the bad news out of the way first this story about this matthew lewis small he's 34 year old from granville michigan mm -hmm. he's facing three counts of reckless homicide he uh he killed a mother who is 21 this maria tomei her one-year-old daughter hadley and i believe their friend kaylee kirk they were all 19 out of lebanon Indiana. His defense was like a cursed coffee cup defense. He said that he had put the coffee cup down long enough for his eyes to be off the road to just plow through this car. Cassandra, is that going to hold up in court? Oh boy, I don't think so. I think there's more going on here than what we are looking at. I did some research on this and I, I've had experiences with drivers who claim that, hey, I was just, you know, looking over to the left and I didn't see all the cars up front and I hit them. But I, this is what I think had happened. And, and I could be very wrong. Um, but I have a feeling that he was very distracted driving way too fast and killed three people. And the officers saw that at the scene because officers aren't most likely in my experience going to give a ticket or sorry, or going to charge somebody with three counts of reckless homicide just because the guy had a coffee in his hand. Doesn't that sound weird? Sounds yeah. like there's more going on here. To me, it sounds like he was going way too fast. Yeah, and it, he was so distracted that witnesses probably said they saw him in the review mirror and he never slowed down because he was distracted doing something else. Um, and so here is a perfect example of what happens when you're distracted and going too fast. You, in flash of a minute, seconds, you killed three people. I mean, I don't. And your entire yeah. life is also destroyed. I was going to say, I don't really think it matters what he was distracted by, does it? I mean, if you're distracted, you're distracted. No, it's not much a of a point. defense. Oh, yeah. Like the coffee cup isn't no. like it doesn't a coffee cup, cell phone, whatever it may yeah, be. It doesn't matter if you were lighting up or selecting a new Spotify, you know, tune. It doesn't matter. And as a side note, you guys, this is weird. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, though. <laughs> well, not off topic. Do you know how many cases out there where drivers are actually watching porn what? and get in accidents? 
Wow. Um, wow. On their phone. It's lonely on the road. <laughs> well, I mean, this is more for advocating for podcasts. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, yes, exactly. Good point. <laughs> Listen to your podcast. You don't need to watch porn or be texting anyone, but be careful. I mean, this illuminates, um, you know, why you need to be careful out there. You can't be going too fast. You got to pay attention to what's going on. This guy's going to go to jail. Yeah, well, and yeah. his company, oh, let's talk about his company for a minute, actually. Yeah, Do sure. A little research. Um, VL Trucking Inc., based out of Iowa. Um, so I looked up the details of his employer um, based out of Iowa. And this is just interesting stuff. It's easy to play Monday quarterback with these accidents. But I just looked at the data itself for VL Trucking. And they've had authority for about six years. They claim to have about 120 trucks. <clears throat> I'm thinking they have about 60. But they do have some issues according to the data that's been reported by the FMCSA. So uh, they just received a satisfactory safety rating, which to some people who are not used to this area of, <clears throat> of our industry would be like, would say to themselves, oh, that's great. That, that's a good thing. No, no, not really. They were just issued in July of 2019, satisfactory safety rating. That means that somehow they caught the FMCSA's attention. Mm, yeah. It doesn't mean it's a good thing. When you catch their attention, that's not a good thing. They've targeted this company and thought to themselves, something's going on. We need to go in and find out and make sure that they're doing everything they should. They do have acute critical violations. They have major issues with driver oversight. So I have here that they have <clears throat> 103 out-of-service violations within 24 months. Not too bad if you're running about 50, 60, 70 trucks a year. Um, but two of the violations were narcotics. Oh. And the dry, two separate instances, drivers had narcotics. Do, do you That's have clientless culture? Do you have, um, do you have clients who come to you that are being watched by the FMCSA and they, they want to be advised on what to do next? And, and what do you do yeah. when you're in one of those difficult positions? Duner, that's an awesome question. There's a lot you can do. And really it comes down to We've got to find out what your policies are in place as a trucking company. We've got to look at how you train your drivers, how you're overseeing your drivers, and your vehicle maintenance. And, it, and you can always, once you get into the nitty-gritty of a trucking company and you figure out how they're doing everything, it is pretty quick to identify, here's where you should button up and fix things. And you won't have further issues. Um, when you have two drivers at separate occasions, just in 2019 alone, with narcotics um you've got a big problem yes bigger like most carriers don't have this problem steven, so that's something you really got to fix as a trucking company someone on linkedin he wrote in this guy steven stotes he writes all these distracted driving accidents are going to have the government make driver facing cameras mandatory so much hate well here's the thing about that first of all it took us forever to even get edl elds which to me, it's just common sense that we electronically monitor people's logs. I know the whole hours of service regulations are kind of wonky. Yeah. But, I mean, it shouldn't be that big of a deal that no matter what the law is, there should be some type of electronic monitoring so that people can't fake their logs, which they do all the time. Um, so I think the FMCSA can be a bit slow um, to do anything. So I like to push the carriers, hey, you can save money on insurance. You can save money on having uh, maintenance issues, on having tired drivers getting in accidents by just 
getting ahead of the industry, doing more than what the FMCSA expects you to do. Well, speaking um, but of, even, yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna, well, I, I was going to say, um, you know, speaking of carriers, you guys are doing a carrier 411 event. I know pretty soon, Cassandra, this stuff is so you're, it's so interesting. It's so detailed and fascinating. We had uh, more to cover, man. It's like, yeah. I like you ending it with us wanting more. Yeah. And uh, so we got to do this again soon, but um, <laughs> tell us, tell us, first of all, like, can you just like, can you wrap it up? Tell us a little bit about this carrier 411 event, when it is, where it is, what what's happening. Counterintuitive to the name, it's designed for brokers. And I'm going to teach, Carrie 411 and I are going to partner. We're going to teach brokers how to handle all the problems that come in the door. And we're not going to put them to sleep. We're going to give them hard and fast rules, easy stuff to implement, save you money, save your time, save your business. And I think we're going to have a very special session at FreightWave before the whole thing even kicks mm-hmm. off. And FreightWave people are invited to all of our events. Well, boom. Very fun. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, you guys are gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, somebody you know might might be the surprise, not so surprised guest. Exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to meet Duner? Come on, Cassandra. We're definitely gonna have Mad Gaines. We'll we'll make it as regular as a segment as you'll let us. But um, how do people reach out to you to learn more? Oh, you can just Google Cassandra Transportation Law, or you can go to GainesLawGroup.com. Um, or just find Dooner. I'm always hanging yeah. around with Dooner somewhere. Yeah. Like, a, like a giant <laughs> like shark and club. a fish swimming next to I know, to you poor man. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy it, Cassandra. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time today. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, guys. Good Thanks. talking to you. Bye. All right. Now it's time to get to our buddy. It's uh, Andrew Cox, right? Yes. From the Freight Waves Research Group. He's a uh, research analyst. So he's got exciting shirts when he joins us on this show. He's going to do the Pricing Power Index. DHL Supply Chain Freight Waves Pricing Power Index. What's up, Cox? Where are we sitting at on this thing? Uh, yeah, what's up? Uh, we're sitting at 40. We're down yeah. a little bit uh, from last week. Again, uh, a quick refresher. Zero would be all the power to the shippers. 100, all the power to the carriers. Uh, we're sitting at 40, which is a majority, almost close to a balanced market, but the majority of the power is still in the shippers' hands. Mm. And our, our reasoning for this is just, you know, operations are getting back to normal. Uh, capacity is loosening a little bit around the country. Uh, our outbound tender rejection index, which is our proxy uh, for capacity and, and a measure of carriers' willingness to accept a load, uh, has gone back down off of its uh, peak around Christmas. So it's now around 7%. So we believe that uh, gives a little bit more pricing power to the shippers. Well, you are getting better at this. Why? I mean, you've, you've, you're getting good at this. You guys keep coming. You keep bringing <laughs> yeah. me back. Yeah. When you get your own show now, you have great quarter, guys. You guys cover a stock on there. And one of the indices that you guys look at in this index is transportation stocks. Why is that important to the pricing power index? Uh, there's a couple of reasons. One, we, we like to cover it because uh, a lot of the um, larger transportation indices, they they kind of group things in. They group in uh, commercial airliners and they group in maritime and rails. And we think nobody really has a, a set indices just of truckload uh, stocks or just of LTL stocks or uh, whatever you want to have you. Um, but another reason is uh, Seth actually, Seth Holm wrote a paper back in September and it was about that uh, trucking stocks trade on the spot market. Mm. Uh, and the and even the, even the stocks that have like Knight Swift and Warner, these companies that have 90 or 95% of their revenues coming from contracted uh, freight, 
they still trade on the spot um, very heavily. So uh, we think it's important to incorporate that into the pricing power um, because they move in tandem with spot rates. And because spot rates are have been down lately, uh, chucking stocks have been not great this year, but they had a good uh, third and fourth quarter. Yeah, well, we're only 10 days in, right? Yeah, we're getting so, there. Um, so, uh, you, well, you guys, you're a part of the Freight Intel Group. You guys conduct a quarterly survey of small carriers, 5 to 100 trucks, mm-hmm. to grasp their sentiment of volumes, rates, diesel prices, and expectations. What are they saying right now? Uh, they're kind of tepid. They're lukewarm a little bit. They don't. Uh, expectations have improved over the last six months. Uh, and Q3 was the worst expectations we had Q3 2019. Uh, at that point, we had like 60% of the respondents saying they expected lower uh, rates and volumes for the next three months compared to the three months of uh, the last or the third quarter of 2018, excuse me. Uh, that's how we kind of ask it. We ask them, what do you expect for the first for the next three months compared to the same period of the year prior? Uh, but right now, uh, we have like pretty much a dead even heat between positive, negative, and neutral. Really? Uh, yeah, it's like 33% all, all the way all the way across the board uh, for rates and uh, for volumes. Speaking of surveys, we're blasting out a podcasting one. You guys listen to us. We want to listen to you. And my master plan in getting the Freightways Research Group a podcast was that it's like a beaver. You know, you give them sticks, they're going to do things. So you give them a podcast, they're going to start researching it because that's it's in your nature. It is. It's, it's so in our my, blood. Our evil plan has worked perfectly and you guys are now doing it. And now you have some focus on podcasting and you're making. So how do people find the survey? Uh, we do. We're actually, uh, it, it will be available on the website uh, here soon, but we're also going to send out an email this afternoon uh, with a link to all the FreightWave subscribers. So uh, check your inboxes and be looking for that. Um, as you said, you know, the only way to make things better is to listen to our customers, our people, yeah. that are our listeners. So uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, uh, and we hope to we hope to make everything better. We appreciate your time today. We have a we have a hard stop. We have to do a call out. We understood. Cassandra was just rambling on. For I mean, she's a who? No, no, yeah, she's she's very valuable. She's well, helping I mean, us a lot with our paper that will be coming out. I think this afternoon or tomorrow on nuclear verdicts. Oh wow, um, she's is been she? a major source of that. Yep. Hey, Cassandra. Thank oh, you. Scott Carver, by the way, he's throwing shade at you. Chad, he said, oh. wear that Titan sweater to bed tonight. You'll probably have to hang it up after this week. Good oh. luck. Oh. Hey, maybe I will. But hey, all I can do is wear it until and then. So God, much. I'm here in the booth with him. I hope he washes it. All, all right. right. Thanks, <laughs> Thank you, Andrew Cox. Fantastic. All right. Let's call Brandon up and talk about the talk. Speaking of Titans, talking about Nashville. We're talking, we're going to be going to an air cargo conference up in Nashville. Yes. Brandon five, count of five, five good minutes. Let's see here. <laughs> he is the executive director and industry advocate. An association leader and air cargo expert at the Air Forwarders Association. He sure Hi, is. This is Brandon. Look at that. We got his well, voicemail. Come to the phone right now. <laughs> oh, Should we leave him a voicemail? Number and then he messages yeah. the Yeah. All right, we're going to leave him a voicemail. As soon as possible. Ask him about the Air Cargo 2020. Yeah. Please record your message. All right. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press this is one exciting. for more options. Podcasting. All right. Hey, Brandon, this is Dooner and Prevost with hey. Help the Truck. We were calling you to talk about Air Cargo 2020 Nashville. Um, and this is live. This is, yes. Yeah, so give me a call back in, in the next few minutes if you get a chance. Otherwise, we'll catch up with you during next week or at Air Cargo 2020. One way or the other, we're coming. All right. Take it easy. All right. Well, there is our message to him. 
Uh, what do we know about it so far? So without his help, we can tell you this. Craig Fuller is a keynote from there, right? Yeah. He's going to be a keynote. He's going to be a keynote. And uh, on the second day, it guy is... guy who has me over the moon. It is a air cargo. Uh, it's a 2020. It's in Nashville from January 26th to 28th. Yeah, but what about this guy? This guy has me over the moon here. It's Mark Weiss, no pun intended. The NASA Kennedy Space Center Gateway Logistics Element Manager is going to unpack the agency's plan for the commercial supply chain in deep space that will enable an interplanetary economy and support Artemis lunar exploration. You know, they say like, you know, the data is the new gold, but the real thing is like asteroids. There's re- there's actually like gold and like tungsten and stuff that yeah. you make cell phones with and stuff. I think data is the new oil. Data is the new oil? Yeah. The new, well, what happened to being in the new gold? <laughs> Oil's more valuable, I guess. Another uh, one is uh, Susie Schoenberg. Yeah. She's passionate about matching corporate assets to the needs of nonprofit organizations to tackle humanity's biggest challenges. That's a very big aspiration. There's going to be some big names in there, not just mine and yours and Craig Fuller's and those speakers. Uh, everyone from Alaska Airlines to XBO. If you're part of the air cargo world, this is the place to be. It might even be dog friendly based on the video Emily Zink showed me earlier today. It's got uh, people register. How do they register, Chad? They register by going to the uh, site. And it is, uh, I can tell you right now, it's aircargoconference.com. And if you want to see more, go backslash agenda. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So Donnie's here, so let's not keep him waiting. Let's bring him in and do a little earnings over under. Bring in the market expert for earnings. Earnings over under. We're good. We're good. We're, We're good. good. We're good. Have you done your homework? Uh, no. Okay. Well, well that's even better. Great. All right. Hopefully, you put guys... on your cans, buddy. Put on yeah. my cans. So oh. we'll make Chad go first, since I don't. Have you ever played this game with us before? No. Okay. So if you guys are the first time tuning in, you haven't played this game. It's earnings over under. We look at uh, earnings per share, which is a, a consensus estimated earnings per share that the market has. A group of experts decide, and we. You guys decide if it went over or under. If they made their earnings, they did better or they did worse. So the first one here, Chad will go first, is okay. the Green Buyer Companies. They are an American publicly traded transportation manufacturing corporation based in Lake Oswego, Oregon. Green Buyer Green specializes in transportation services, notably barge and railroad manufacturing, rail car refurbishment, and railroad leasing management services. Estimated earnings per share, 44 cents, Mr. Prevo. I'm going to say under because I think that uh, sector in the economy is uh, weak right now. Okay. I, I have to agree on that because rail took a, took a hit this year, especially truckload. So definitely you saw them coming out over and over and over again this year. All these carriers, <laughs> transportation companies, bam, down. You guys would be right. It, and it wasn't very good for them. So it was 30 cents. That's my earnings per share. Wow. 44. So they came quite, subs, uh, substantially under. Revenue fell 16% sequentially nice from job. the $914 million they reported last quarter. The merger with American Rail helped growth and add scale, but not enough. Uh, industry rail car orders are falling and railroads are cutting costs. Seeking Alpha says it appears to be downhill from here. Sell GPX. This is my advice. That's Seeking Alpha. They're saying that yeah. they're they're out on it. If you have Freightways Sonar, you can look into this stuff too. You can get all that kinds yeah. of data. It's a it's amazing the number that we're counting the rail cars that were parked this year. Yeah, and the engines that were parked this year just to tighten up capacity. Tighten yeah. up. Keep it within a fist. Keep it fit. within yeah. a fist. Yeah, yeah. That, your voice is beautiful, Donnie. That's good technique, right? By the way, Christopher Baker's in there too. Hey, Christopher Baker, thanks for joining us today, sir. Um, 
All right, MSC Industrial. MSC Industrial is a top source for networking tool and MRO needs. They have over 1.5 million products from industry-leading suppliers to so big distributor in that in that uh, industrial space. Earnings per share, $1.16. Donnie. I'm still going with under. Okay. Industrial struggled this year as well. Well, for the same reasons, I would agree, but I'm going to play the game. I'm going to say over. Well, you'd be a smart man to do that. $1.21. The company had revenue of $823.6 million during the quarter compared to analyst estimates of $820.84. So not a huge win, but enough of a win. It was a plus. Yeah, you'll take it. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I think they were one of those stocks where like they beat earnings per share, but the market still didn't like the revenue. So... They be the earnings. They, they you temper the market, but sometimes it doesn't care. Yes, by yeah. all means. Still a great quarter, guys. Yeah, here's one for you guys. Bed Bath and Beyond earnings oh. earnings per share two cents. This uh, brick and mortar space. Ugh. Bed Bath and Beyond throw pillows, throwing the money away. Boy, are they hurting in that area? But two cents is so low. Yeah, I'm going to say over and risk my lead. I'm going to say under again because I think Bed Bath and Beyond made the list of companies that might possibly go bankrupt in the next few years. Yeah. It was it, you are right. It was it was massively under. They they uh, lost 38 cents yeah. per share. The retailer's net loss of 38 cents a share in its third fiscal quarter was nowhere near Wall Street's consensus estimates of that two cents. So just terrible. I mean, like you couldn't be worse. Uh, sales came in under well, the two point eight billion dollar mark that analysts had expected. Well, some store sales fell eight point three percent year over year. Management also withdrew its full year outlook. So they're like, OK, <laughs> we got to guess we got to rewrite this one. You can't throw you can't throw a big smoke screen up. Right. You can't. There's not that many things you can say in an earnings call when you lose that much per yeah. share. Especially wow. when the market thought you were going to have two cents. Wow. Boy, will my wife be disappointed. That's Thank- how, that, that's how I remember that was my wife shops there. What am I like, going to get her, her for? Her, hurry up and buy before for it For Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's enough for a while, right? Yeah. Okay. Valentine's Day first. Do you, get her, do you yeah, ever get one like thing a, at a time. Do you get your wife gift for Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Donnie's yeah. like that. No. Within a day or two. <laughs> throw, like a throw pillow, maybe a car. A rose from a something guy on the street. From, something from the dog. <laughs> the, the dollar store? No, something oh, for the dogs. For the dogs. <laughs> he has a whole farm. Hello, but, farm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. All right, well. <laughs> the, the Simply Good Foods Company, if you want to get something nice for the dogs, earnings per share, uh, is this, I believe it's Donnie, right? 21 cents. I'm going to go over this time. Um, expenditures on animals have been going up the past several years. I'm going <laughs> over. Right, this isn't even animal food, but all right. <laughs> what about Chad? you? I will go under just for the game, just for the love of the game. Oh, I love it. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, man, I'm losing. I probably should have explained who this company was because you thought it was dog food. <laughs> they make Quest Bars uh, in their holdings. They have Quest Bars. Oh, I would have, if I had known they that. Going up for they, sure. have, they have the Atkins line of products. So those are their two big things. So oh, yeah. they reported financial results for the quarter for 2020. Sales grew an impressive 26% year over year to $152.2 million. But operating costs, operating costs also surge, including a one-time charge for loss and fair value charge of contingent consideration. Costs more than doubled to $65.2 million, wiping out all of the company's gross profit and pushing Simply Good Foods into an operating loss. But they did have that one-time charge, so eh, maybe, maybe not so bad. Again, next quarter with good quarter guys. Food that I feed to my dogs. Oh, the tangled webs we weave. <laughs> 
All right, here's an interesting one. This is a, if you have Robin Hood, this is one that's always in the top 100. If you have any interest in marijuana stocks or things like that, you, you might have got wrapped into this one. Yeah. When I actually started my Robin Hood account, my whole plan, my whole master plan was to invest in like marijuana stocks and just like park some money there. That lasted like two months and I got bored and moved all my money to other stuff. But uh, Constellation Brands, earnings per share, it's for me. $1.84. Under. All right. I think the industry is struggling there, but take it, see what you can do. Well, you know, it, it, I was going to go with over till he said he got bored with his money. So, I mean, that's a definite, <laughs> definite sound, but I'm still going to say over. You are a smart because, man. You, know, oh, you just won the game nice. on that one. Nice. <laughs> you could have won anyway I by to, saying I had under. To, I had to go high. Yeah. Good job on your very first appearance. Yeah, so it, it was over at 214. Had they go high. They beat their full-year guidance. Uh, as losses from what they had was the marijuana stocks. So they invested in this company. Constellation Brands invested in, um, who, who's the, man, uh, the, the name evades me, but they invested. It also starts with CGC, I believe it is. Consumer Growers Corp is the one they invested big money in. And it's just, it's a Canadian medical marijuana company. Hasn't really turned in the big profits or Grown the profits, no, no pun intended. Uh, but they have, they also have Corona and Modelo. And here's what's interesting: they're going to make a Corona seltzer because a lot of money's moving away from like wine and beer to these alcoholic seltzers and spirits. Like Zima is like the new huge thing, although it's not called Zima anymore. It's called like White Claw. Yeah, in the in the alcohol industry, you know, my, actually my family's been in the alcohol industry for years, but the sales have peaked out years and years ago yeah so there's no more room for much growth if you put a new product into that market you have to take market share from somebody else so it's very difficult and mm. that's what a lot of them have actually done oh. wow do you guys make that sales alcoholic seltzer now uh we do not have any of that yet oh. but i'm sure as soon as it comes out they will start pushing it i used to just take like the poland springs and the vodka and you, you make that, your own that's that's you know old school yeah mix your own drinks but yeah. now everybody wants those pre-mixed you take it you can take it to the fair with you like yeah. a road dog you, you bought it's those uh you bought tequila and margarita mix now yeah. it's about pre-mixed and you don't have to do nothing but pour it over ice but don't they use like malts and stuff you can't use like actual like vodka and stuff in like a white claw i think it's like right. malt liquor all right now those were sold in the in the, in the uh, gas stations and in most states yes they got to be malt based yeah. where in tennessee if it's alcohol based it has to be a specific liquor store mm. wow all right i mean he's a market expert in a variety <laughs> of yeah of uh Sectors. Of very, sectors. very yeah. nice job done. Thanks for Great joining to have us. you on. We got to right. do this more often. Appreciate um, it, guys. Yeah. Boy, I mean, took my lead and have a great weekend. Saw me in the dust. Y'all too. Well, that was uh, nice. that was exciting stuff. I mean, it's uh, the good news is Don, he won, but the bad news is that you lost. It is bad. The bad news and good news. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Baker says White Claw is the new Bud Light. Is it the new Bud Light Lime? Bud Light Orange. They put all sorts of weird, like they're just, they'll do anything to make, like any gimmick now to make people buy alcohol. Those, is it just because it's too diverse? so insidious. Yeah, I know. Because uh, okay. millennials don't want to drink anymore. They don't, Those, they just want to do weed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just want to kind of vape, I guess. I don't know. All right, well, here's the good news. Good news, Trimble requests extension to FMCSA for repair mandate. But the bad news is that because they're, the reason they need to do it is because their ELDs are still suffering from clock sync <laughs> issues that Y2K20 bug. Only in trucking would you get hit with a Y2K bug 20 years after the fact, Chad. Wow. Um, well, at least it wasn't Y2K2020, right? <laughs> uh, good news. Hiring for the final month of 2019 capped a year of steady gains in employment 
indicating the American labor market has not run out of breath. Bad news. Mm -hmm. Sluggish growth and uncertainty overseas, combined with a maturing labor market at home, contributed to slimmer payroll gains. What does that mean? They're paying people less? Lower paying jobs? Yeah, basically, um, even though work? unemployment is at 3.5, it did, you know, usually historically that means, oh, you're going to get paid more. Wages go up. Mm. Well, it's been like that, and then wages barely run up. Yeah, and I imagine like a lot of those people who are getting jobs, especially in that final quarter, are seasonal help. People like warehouse workers, uh, possibly retail workers, possibly might be less from the year. Walmart's been making those. Did you hear about the robots? They have grocery robots now because they're getting more and more online orders. But it's not. I would prefer that. It's not like a. It's it's disappointing because it's not like a bipedal robot. It's not like an exoskeleton or a Terminator walking oh, around. It's one of those. It's a robotic machine, like a conveyor belt. Yeah. I feel like calling that a robot's a stretch. I mean, even yeah. though it's. I don't know. Maybe I mean, a, cyborg. a telephone is a, is a robot by by. These I guess standards. so. I know. I, I, yeah, exactly. Okay, so White House. This is good news. White House proposes slashing timelines for highway projects. The full effects of the reform will not be. But here's the bad news: the full effects of the reform will not be realized until Congress addresses a permanent revenue solution for the highway trust fund and passes a new highway investment bill. This is that's an really bad news. And well, it's an argument that's been going on for four years. I know. So it's like, yeah, we need to do this. And like the worst thing about the news is like they recognize that it's a problem that is only degrading and getting worse. And I know that on off the supply chain, you guys have that infrastructure one. Yep. We also have that unaired episode that I that I. One of infrastructure. Oh, oh yeah. Say that you won. Yes. Well, there was that. That's the hidden episode. Um. Well, and I've been writing about it uh, ever since I even joined Freight Waves ages ago, mm. and it's the same thing. Wait, where were you writing about the highway before you got here? Uh, no, I mean ever since I've joined. Oh, well, since you joined Freight yeah. Waves, yeah, yeah, it's the same story. Yeah, you can just like recycle, just change the dateline. Exactly. Uh, okay, well, I've got some good news. American defenses have vastly improved in the four years since Russian hackers and trolls mounted a broad campaign in the 2016 presidential election. Facebook is on the lookout for threats it barely knew existed in 2016, such as fake ads paid for in rubles oh. and self-proclaimed Texas secessionists logging in from St. Petersburg. Huh? Voting officials are getting educated about bots and ransomware. So this is great news, right? Yeah. Bad news. Oh. The cybercrime landscape is evolving, and the Russians are back and piggybacking on Iranian networks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, do they care? Like, shouldn't Facebook maybe just ban political ads? I don't understand why they're so stubbornly like oh, the money. The, the, I mean, you got to pay the zuck, right? I guess you got to pay the zuck. <laughs> you got to pay the zuck. He wants the money because they could do it. I mean, it brings up this great it's debate like, of what? like, yeah. And, it, it, and this is a debate that's coming out more and more often. It's actually a lot of like Gen Z's are like they hate Facebook, for example. A lot of millennials hate Facebook, too, because yeah. a lot of boomers came on and they took it over. Right. They, yeah. Basically. And they, they get very political and it gets very charged. And I don't think that like people who want to just use social media to see their their friends having living a better life than them. We don't need all this politics <laughs> in our life. So we'll just be on Instagram or we'll dance on TikTok. Which is owned by Facebook. I know you can't get away from them. You can't ah. get away from more even streaming on Facebook. Hey, Zach, don't close off the feed. <laughs> uh, um, but what do you do? Because it is, it is, if you, it can be very, you can create these information bubbles and they've been doing studies on that now. And it, it you can create echo chambers and people just, uh, it creates a lot of confirmation bias. Let's start a platform and call it echo chamber. Yeah. 
All right, well, here's some good news. Arendelle, the town from Frozen. Look at this. We're just getting bombarded by Chinese messages. Um, I don't even even know. He must be a We need Google Translate. Where are you? Floyd, what is going on here? (laughs) I don't even know. This is what happens. You know, that's the conspiracy. They just read our messages, and now he's just bombarding us. Wow. Okay. Reels. Nathan Floyd, chill. Good news. Arendelle, the town from Frozen, exists. Bad news. The locals hate tourists, so stay home. According to CNN, the <laughs> Alpine village of Hellstadt, nestled in Austria's go, go for Salzgemergurt Mountains in the district of Gmunden, was the. All of these names sound so like fantastical, right? Was the inspiration for Disney's epic sisterly adventure of frigid kinship. The village has become insta famous. Talk about Instagram. Driving hordes of tourists to this quaint hamlet. Oh, I know. And while the tourist dollar has become crucial driver of the local economy, the people there are hating all of this attention. They're, and it's not just Americans. I guess a lot of Chinese people, too, are. Uh, they, they love the frozen and they love this little this village. What do you think? I think that it's terrible. Like, you know, I mean, like I was uh, in uh, Montenegro, you know, and it's like I can just imagine like this. It's an old ancient city. And, and if it's just completely overtaken by tourists all the time, it's not the same thing. Yeah. And it must be even worse. Well, people were saying that you can't even like every time they try to take a picture, like a selfie, they There's couldn't be a selfie. Around. It would be like, a yeah, there would always just be people inadvertently photobombing you. Because they're just, they're all walking around trying to like, oh, here I am in the frozen village. Sounds Here's awful. Sven going up to people's reindeers. And the thing is, it's a cartoon. It's not even really the place. I know. And it's not really Sven. That's someone's real reindeer. It's a living animal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I've got some more good news. The Titans have made the play- playoff divisional round. Yeah. Bad news. Mm-hmm. Raven quarterback Lamar Jackson is 3-0 and in primetime games this season. Throwing for 11 touchdowns and no interceptions. The Titans are one of eight teams to allow more than 4,000 yeah. yard, passing yards and 25 touchdown passes this season. You know, they're regarded as having a good defense. But you know what's funny? Here's a little inside baseball for you. Ooh, when the uh, Inside football. T- Titans-Patriots, uh, when they were when that game was going to happen, the Titans were actually a very well-constructed team yes. to play the Patriots. Because the Patriots, what they excelled at was their secondary. And Tannehill, I mean, he, he made actually a couple of clutch throws. But you don't. If they're down by 14, not I, they're not coming back. Yeah. They can't. I mean, they need that. How how big is Chris Henry? Like 250 pounds, 255? He's he a moose. Runs 21 miles an hour. He's a moose. He's a gazelle. He's Sven. <laughs> He's a horse. He's Sven. He's a horse. <laughs> All right, here's a bonus one. This is good news, right? Death Row Records. We were talking about yeah! the 90s at the beginning. Is That 90s music. I remember listening to. I mean, this is music at the time. Gangster rap. It, like, defied uh cultural boundaries. I mean, I was listening to Nine Inch Nails and, and, and The Chronic at the same time in my car, just mixing them up together. So uh, stereotypical. But Death Row Records, it officially has a new home. Bad news. It's Hasbro. 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 I mean, either what has become of Death Row or what has become of Hasbro. I don't know. Hasbro and Disney just own everything. Hasbro Toy Company completed its $3.8 billion acquisition of Entertainment One LTD, presumably to capture toy lines. So if you have kids, you probably know these uh, scourges of your life. Pepper the Pig and PJ Masks. Never heard Into of the them. night to save the day. Pepper PJ the Pig. Masks. You don't know PJ Masks? Negative. Oh, all right. Well, they are. Uh, they they 
this holding company owns that, and Hasbro wants the toys because they want to control every toy, apparently. But this notorious, uh, they also have the, in, in, invertedly, they got the most notorious gangster rap level. But here's, I found this interesting. It's Brian Goldner. He's Hasbro's chairman. And here's what he said about this. We are excited about what we can do together and see tremendous opportunity for shareholder value creation through this acquisition. Our businesses are highly complementary. Hasbro and Death Row are highly complementary with substantial synergies and a great cultural fit. Like, does he even know what he just bought? The addition of E1. That's a lot to take in, $3.8 billion. Accelerates our blueprint strategy by expanding our brand portfolios with E1's beloved global preschool brands, adding grown TV and film expertise and creating additional opportunities for long-term profitable growth. We are pleased to welcome the incredibly talented E1 team to our company. I look forward to the uh, Death Row expanded universe, cinematic universe. Are you going to get some for your kids? Some death row like yeah. action figures. Yeah. Yeah, I could be like a little Suge Knight. Why not? Yeah, why not? All right, now it's the time that we hear back from you guys. The audience, leave a comment here. We'll read it. But these, we're going to read some of the best comments, the comments that got people supercharged on FreightWaves.com and a little thing we like to call. Comment section rodeo. All right, this is from the article. Second court puts big hit on imposing AB5 against California trucking sector. And this was uh, too lazy to... Too lazy too to lazy pay. to pee. Yeah. They say that money talks. Wrong. Money screams. Seems like we have the golden rule in effect. The guy with the gold makes the rules. It just makes sense to figure that if the big guys, employers, are for a plan that benefits them, then the little guys get not so much. This is not rocket science. This is truck driver 101. Yeah. That's my zip code. And area um, code. This is from the Gear Jamma 258. Give a guy some faith in the institutions. Hope NY is listening. Progress is good. The job industry has changed. Most people have one job to cover insurance and a gig or part-time side hustle. The job market is shifting. Education costs are overvalued. CEO pay isn't proportional. Shifting industry overseas, bad. Lots going on 30 years or so. Dave says... AB5 equals absolute bull. Fifth attempt. Oh, <laughs> AB5. Yes. I get it. Yeah. Uh, from the article, court upholds ruling that Walmart pay California drivers $54.6 million for mm. layover time. Talk about fighting the war on detention. Yeah. Chuck says... What about the rest of us that sit at Walmart for eight to nine hours waiting to get unloaded on a regular basis? How about we just not deliver to Walmart anymore, jerk-offs? New York vet says, how about you get your three years with a clean record and apply to drive for Walmart? (laughs) Funny how you call them jerk-offs now, but if you got on with them and started pulling in twice or more than you're making now, you'd be happy. So who's the jerk-off now? I like when they get into little fights and skirmishes in the comment section, don't you? Oh, I do. And uh, good points to both of them. Yeah. Uh, From the article, trucking math, why a mile isn't necessarily a paid mile. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, William Kerrigan writes, 
Then work for a company that pays hub miles. Companies generally pay the same miles that they bill the customer. I have been on the desk side of trucking for 27 years. I do not own a company, but I know enough to understand that not all companies are evil and most care about their drivers. Do your homework, folks. Do not assume that it is us against them. Jason says, I actually like how Amazon is paying its carriers these days using time blocks instead of miles. I feel like it doesn't make much sense to pay carriers this way, but I like the idea in general in terms of driver compensation. Pay a driver for time blocks instead of miles driven so drivers don't get shortchanged by low mileage routes or end up driving tired trying to squeeze in more miles. But isn't that guaranteed pay? Yeah, that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean... People do that. Do your homework, right? Scott Lynn Parsons about the same story says, it really doesn't matter what you call it. Everything you you touch came off a truck. Mm. You better treat them good. Damn good. If they keep getting ripped off, they may decide to stay home with their families. Then you would starve. The country would come to a halt. Huh. You know. Bob Simmons, he was just like, he's not having any of this. He said, you guys are the new breed of truckers. Big sissies. (laughs) Interesting. I think we have time to read uh, maybe these two bonus ones down at the bottom here, too. So drivers are safer, but insurance costs continue to rise. Mike says this, installing a stopwatch on the dashboard of an 80,000-pound vehicle is for safety? Laugh my effing AO. LMFAO. I recently parked my authority, could no longer afford the insurance. I was told to expect a 30% to 100% raise in my premiums on the first of the new year. I did not wait around to find out and find an outfit to lease on with. I am a one-truck operator. I drive and own the truck outright. And I have been out here for 31 years safely. No tickets in many, many years and never an accident. Knock on wood. I have all of the endorsements on my license, TWIC, etc. I am what they say squeaky clean and I want to stay that way. When speaking with my insurance agent, they are nationwide. I was told that in the past two years, starting in 2018, accidents and fatalities involving big rigs are up substantially. She also informed me that there are only two insurance companies left out there that will underwrite a policy. Two, in other words, the actual insurers and having issues as the cost of the claims are going through the roof. You know what? I own an EPA truck, as they are neither inexpensive to own, much less repair. I unfortunately own one, and I can complete, and I can completely see the insurance company's side on this. We have a real problem here, Houston, and it's going to go critical in the coming months if something is not done. And knowing the FMCSA, they will tighten regulations on the drivers again, and the opposite of the desired result will be the outcome. You know, you cannot fix stupid. Me, I'm parking the truck. I've had it. Well, you know, the reason that I, I like that comment and, uh, wanted wanted us to read it in full like i i was like that is i really felt and understood the the frustration yeah. from an owner operator um i mean we read it you know with you know we're we're trying to deliver some of the emotion but i uh you have to imagine i mean with we talk about the nuclear verdicts and yeah. rising insurance costs and he gets it in a certain sense but it's squeezing people I mean, you know, not just not just brokers who aren't tech enabled, small brokerages. Uh, it's it's obviously got, like he owns he owns his, his own truck and yeah. he can't afford it. Yeah, there's like, no way for I him mean, to mitigate that. You know, so I I I sense I really get a clearer sense of the frustration. I mean, there's it, the while the regulations are here to say, and as Cassandra Gaines said earlier, like it, the ELD thing was long overdue. Yeah. But it still feels like there's just so many things. Like, 
It's I, I, I surely if HOS could be solved it, 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 very soon, that could mm-hmm. alleviate some of the regulatory pre- pressure and and stress. Anyway, well, hold on a second. So yeah. that that's a good segue to one little thing here. Kevin Hill of Great Quarter Guys, uh, the better half of Andrew Cox, he is going to be on our very show on Monday to talk about this white paper he's been doing yeah. with Cassandra Gaines. And because we had to cut Andrew a little bit short just because of time, we will also get a little bit more into that podcasting survey. Maybe even have some results from you. And, uh, you know, we're more than happy to hear what you guys want live. Yeah, that that would be great. And I think they are conducting a study on this very subject. There's, I think we have an article coming out as well um, on, you know, nuclear verdict. Yeah, that's the white paper. Yeah. Oh, oh that's yeah, what yeah. Seth Holm is publishing. Uh, it is, uh, it's going to be fascinating to hear what the results are. I mean, think about it. It's, that's why you have mad games. That's why we're getting those yeah. mad games. That's why you have to make a segment on the show and why we, we have to always stay in touch with Cassandra because these issues, like think of how many times we've published these stories now, almost as much as as closings, these crashes, these nuclear verdicts. Yeah. And a crash is just like a nuclear verdict waiting to happen. Yeah, it's uh, there's got to be a way. I mean, th- it's a tort reform issue, and that and various industries get get you know hit hit with it or or under need with it. It's obviously there there must be a cap. I yeah. don't know. I um, some of them are really ridiculous. Finally, Steve says people in about the same topic. Um, Steve says people in Canada, including myself, have got their feet so damaged that they have been unable to work. The e logs have have a very High human cost. The government and the insurance company's new rates just reflect those extra costs. The solution is not to bring in more drivers, but put a plan in plan in place to make sure the truck drivers here get the medical help and care they need. So on FreightWaves Radio this weekend, Dean is going to call and talk about that sleep apnea issue. If it's if it's overdiagnosed, what's important with it? Dean is kind of a sleep expert. He's got the CDL. Oh, He's he, on he the is road. a sleep expert. Yes. Yeah, and you know what's amazing about him? He he uh, he needs to take, he needs to get some rest. I tried to kick him off the show because he's in Hawaii on vacation, and I said, Dean, you can't come on. You're on vacation. He's like, No, I have to. It's such a big issue. I have to do it. And he said, I can do it in my sleep. <laughs> I think it was some sort of a pun. Yeah, and and without putting you to sleep. Without I think. putting you like, to sleep. Yeah. It's very. Uh, the, the things he can he can talk about. Yeah, we'll be joined by, that's on channel 146, Road Dog Trucking, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be joined by Anthony Smith on that one. We're also going to be talking about Trucker Math, that big article we had on there. We'll dive deeper into some of these stories like AB5. And we'll probably continue the conversation about a topic that has just really been engaging um, the listeners right now is just driver retention. There's we've And we've covered it a few times on this show. Oh, sure. And each time we stop, you think you're done with that one. And then someone offers some new opinion or some new perspective. And there's so many sides to this issue on retention. And none of them really see eye to eye, but you can all see kind of where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I mean, back to sleep for a minute. It's yeah. like sleep is a fascinating subject because we actually continue to learn as we're studying and getting better with technology about studying the brain and how it works. We're learning. We're still learning more and more and more about the the fat the like the the benefits of sleep, our rhythms, how we can so easily be disrupted by it. Yeah. Um. There, there's a lot of great intel on it, and so yet another reason why being a a driver is a stress. You you have to maintain your rhythms, or you get dramatically thrown off, and you can't just catch right back up with it. You, you, you don't just like, you don't just sleep suddenly 16 hours the day after you got three and think, Oh, I'm all tanked back up. 
It takes it takes a, a long cycle to get back into rhythm. Well, in primo driving hours too, they don't mat, they don't align with the circadian rhythm of of the human beings. A lot of times, those are at nights. So that's actually a demon. Is like put yeah. a blue light in your truck when you have to replicate sunlight and make your 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 cab yeah. extra dark when you need when you need it to be that you can't block out the sunlight to try and trick your body to to be in those right rhythmic flows. And strangely enough, right, perhaps ironically enough, I think that that is why the inflexibility of HOS creates so many unforetold like problems and, and curtailing drivers, what they're able to uh, do. I think that like that, I don't know. I know it's for safety. If I were going radical, I would just be like, kill HOS. Yeah. Just kill it. J, JD just, from, just, uh, yeah. JD from TTN. He's, he's threatened to call in on radio to scream about the, uh, the lime scooters. Oh, <laughs> he's very, very upset, okay. very passionate about that issue. And I like a, uh, I like, you know, some people like, it's just great when they're worked. Some people are terrible when they're worked up. Like you're just scared of them and you want to be away. And then some of them you're like, you, you kind of just, you get giddy when they're, when they're upset. Cause it's an infectious energy. Yeah, yeah. Like, because they're just funny about how they're mad. Like a, like a Sam Kinison or something. Yeah. Uh, well that's, that sounds fascinating. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, you can get worked up on the issue, right? Oh, who's this? This might, is this? <laughs> Hello? You're live? <laughs> is, is he coming, connecting through here? I don't hear anyone. Here we go. Hold on a second. Hello? Did this get spammed? Tim? Yes, hi. Is this Brandon? I'm sorry. Is this uh, Tim Dooner? Who, who is this? <laughs> this is Charles with SiriusXM. Oh, hey, Charles. Uh, uh, we are live on What the Truck right now. So it's kind of funny. You're on uh, our show. We're going to be on, on your show in a little bit. Oh, um, hey. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Hello, everybody listening. Um, I was actually just calling just to confirm. So I will be back to you in 30 minutes, man. Sounds yeah. perfect. So, guys, turn on Sirius XM Channel 146 if you want to continue yeah. hearing me talk. Thanks, Sirius Charles. Sirius XM Channel 146. Yep. Thanks, All right. Man. Take it easy. That's a Roger, Roger. That's the best thing about live radio. All right, guys. Uh, it sounds like I got to get ready for something else. But if you want to, uh, follow me at Timothy Dooner. That's D W O N E R. This is uh, what Ad Chad Prevost. Yeah, simple enough. The old provolone. Uh, if you want to follow, <laughs> oh, Chad, is it two o'clock? It is. It is two o'clock. And you know what else happens at two o'clock? What the truck is now at two o'clock on Mondays. Oh wow! Yeah. Yes. Don't forget. Now at two o'clock. We'll see you then. Also on Freightway Social, all day live streams on on LinkedIn, on our YouTube, on our Facebook, on our Freightways TV app. Go download that thing. And get crazy with yourself. Uh, Freightways. Check it out. The audio side. You want to take us walking, uh, take us to the gym where you're getting your own mad gains. Go to Freightcast. Subscribe <laughs> to that on your favorite podcast player of choice. Or subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere, 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 everywhere. Podcasts are heard around the world. Yeah, thanks for making us a top 20 in iTunes business and news podcast. Little cowbell for the Titans chances this weekend. Thanks for sharing the love. Will Chad have to wash his sweater? Tune in Monday. It's the only way to find out. Should we make a little bet on that one? We have to do the Monday show shirtless, Chad. If they lose on what? The truck. We're going to make that happen. What else we got going on? for everybody to have a great weekend. Little cowbell for uh, Little cowbell for live TV streaming. Little cowbell for that guy who was very frustrated about his insurance. And a little cowbell for each and every one of you. Take care. Bye.